Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode ever of the Prospect Profile Podcast. My name is Lawrence, and uh, the reason why I'm starting this podcast is uh, that I've always been um, in tune with college scout, college football scouting. I always liked, uh, you know, when I go watch the college games like every Saturday or so, I like to, you know, see which players are really standing out and uh, making a real difference for their team. And I then like to kind of, you know, analyze what, you know, what could their pro potential be? Like, what do they do well? What do they maybe not do so well? And um, I also want to use this as a platform to maybe give a smaller, um, smaller school prospects, like kind of a, you know, a chance to be uh, seen and heard of a little more because, you know, a lot of the big talk that centers around the NFL draft is usually um, your, you know, big time FBS school, you know, power five conference uh, type of players. And um, I, I just think there's, you know, not enough focus and not enough resources really out there that dedicate themselves to looking at FCS uh, school guys or even like below that. I mean, even division two guys, uh you know, and, and whatnot, Division Three, what, whatever. And um, I, I want to focus on definitely, like, that's part of my um, a goal here is to uh, put some spotlight on those guys as well. But I will be covering, you know, FBS uh, and Power 5, you know, Power 5 uh, school guys as well. But every so often, I'm definitely going to include some smaller, you know, tier schools and and definitely talk about some of the the big time players uh, from those schools. And there's actually one of those players is actually going to be a focus of this uh, podcast today. Um, my plan is for this show um, is to do two players uh, each week. Um, one being an offensive player, one being a defensive player. I think that's pretty fair, and I, I, it kind of splits it up and uh, you know puts the focus on both sides of the ball per show and. Uh, gives you a, a, a couple of different options um, when it regards to guys that uh, could be going to the next level. Um, but yeah, um, so I'm going to start off today. Um, we're going to talk about my first uh, prospect that we're going to talk about today is uh, LaVisca Chenault. And LaVisca Chenault is a receiver, wide receiver from the University of Colorado. He's a sophomore. Um he has been absolutely blowing up this year. Um, as a freshman, he you know he put up some you know pretty freshman like numbers. Nothing like uh, really stood out too much. But you know he flashed talent. Um, and you know he was he was a pretty uh, relevant player for them. But like he didn't he didn't put up a whole lot. You know as a freshman, some guys just don't make that impact like some of the big. Uh, five-star recruits make because he was like a three-star uh coming out of texas um and yeah he he wasn't like didn't have that like hype behind him coming out of high school so um he uh he wasn't doing a whole lot as a freshman but this year he has absolutely exploded um a lot of this also uh has been behind the quarterback play of steven montez for the university of colorado who has been Absolutely dropping dimes this year. Um, just just looking like a real, really good passing offense with him at the helm. And it helps when you have a guy like LaVisca Chenault, of course. But, you know, it works both ways. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
LaVisca Chanel, there's a lot to go cover with this guy. Um, he is just a f specimen, um, physically and just talent-wise. Um, so he is 6'2", 220. The guy's big. He's, he's a big receiver. Um, sees, you know, that 6'2 size, it allows him to really get up in high point balls. Um, he has a hell of a leaping ability and, um, he he just locates the football well. That is that's one of the things you, you when you watch the film on this guy. Um, he just uh, he's able to use his size, but he's also able to track the ball very well. And um, he uh, with that you know, just he just beats guys um, in jump ball situations. I mean, just it's so hard to guard to defend him. In, especially if you're a smaller corner, it's just so hard to compete with him on a jump ball situation because most of the time he's gonna win those situations, especially in like the red zone, uh, in, you know, short yardage situations like that where you know where you need a big play. It's it's hard to stop a guy like that. Um, the thing I know, the interesting thing I noticed about how Colorado uses Chenault is they play him pretty much everywhere on the field. And I think that's a very, very big advantage uh, when it comes to um, NFL, you know, your NFL prospects. Because the big thing right now in the NFL is they're using guys that are normally like big outside guys like Julio Jones and um, Mike, Mike Thomas and, and whatnot. But they are starting to use those guys in the slot to create mismatches. And they're doing a very similar thing with Chenault where I see him... He'll be on the outside one play, and then then he'll come uh, back in in the inside on another play, and just create a horrifying mismatch for a nickel corner uh, trying to guard a six-two, you know, two-twenty guy that can jump, and it's it's just not a good matchup for a for a slot corner. And then then which it's even crazier, which is very interesting, I find, is that they've been using him in a lot of goal line situations as like a wildcat back. And uh, he actually has um, four rushing touchdowns this year, <laughs> a lot of them coming with like within like the 20 yard line, of course. I think actually once I think they were all within the 20 yard line. He didn't have like a bust like a big run or anything, but they believe, I think, with his big body that he can just. He can kind of find his way through through defenses with that wildcat, you know, um, look, and just kind of take those direct snaps and, you know, and get it in there. Um, you know, because he has like a big running back size, and uh, you know, he's hard to tackle, so he can he's very versatile in which he, what he can do. Um, I I just really like the all the ways they use him there, and I think that. It's going to continue when he goes to the next level, which is obvious. I think he is going to be a probably a top 15 pick in a couple of years because he is a sophomore, so he cannot come out this year. But when he does come out in 20, is it 2020, I believe, um, he's. Gonna, I, I think there's no question this kid is a top 20, top 15 pick. Um, could be top 10 uh, if a team. Is, falls in love with him, and he has like a just a ridiculous junior year, which I think he probably will. Because um, at this rate this season, he is um, I, he's putting up Heisman like numbers. Um, he is now at 708 yards receiving after today's games. He had an, another 
pair of touchdowns today against the uh, Arizona State receiving, and he had two touchdowns rushing against the uh, Arizona State. He had four. He counted for every single one of Arizona. St- uh, I'm sorry, uh, Colorado's touchdowns today against Arizona State, which is absolutely mind-boggling. Basically, the offense centers around this guy. He is the focal point of this offense. I'm not saying. Uh, their other pieces aren't good. Um, the, the receiver Nixon's really good too. Um, there and obviously Montez has been fantastic. And uh, I know they're back. Uh, McMillan's been having a pretty good year too. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, Chenault is just um, Chenault is the the uh, focal point of this offense. Game plan center around this guy, and uh, he just continues to continues to like blow the doors off um he was averaging um um like around 15 yards per catch uh coming into today uh i think that average probably went down a little bit today but um because i I haven't done like the calculation on that yet because uh I, i counted for the last four weeks not really this week's but um yeah, and then also coming into to this week's, he was averaging 10 yards after the catch, which is a big, big-time stat when it comes to the next level as well. So not only is this guy making big, you know, pretty big plays, um, you know, and taking chunk, chunks of yardage, he can make things happen after he takes the chunks of yardage um, on the pass, and that that's even scarier. Uh, and, yeah, it's just... Uh, Chenault is just a absolutely uh, ridiculous player right now. Um, he's got to say, I mean, 708 yards on the season. He's up there in the top five right now, I believe, in all uh, college receiving yards, and uh, definitely up there in touch total touchdowns. And uh, he he's gonna make a case for himself at the end of the year for his Blitnikoff Award uh, for 100. percent And and poss- I mean, he's possibly gonna get some Heisman votes if he keeps up this production. Not saying he's gonna win it. Um, obviously, I think Tua is, you know, for Alabama is probably um, in the lead right now with what he's been doing. But um, but yeah, Chanel is a is an absolute weapon for Colorado. Um, I am I can't ex- like explain enough. Like just when he uh, just when he gets that extra step on a defender, it, it's just like you're not gonna catch him either. So. Not only does he have the size, like he has the speed too. Like he he can just blow by corners um on the on on those types of plays, and uh, it's pretty uh it's pretty intimidating when you have a guy that can just uh you know have that speed and that can get up and high point the ball, and then a guy that can just catch it and just make an open field uh run with it, um and then a guy that could just run by a corner. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty intimidating. And, uh, I think LaVisca Chenault is going to be an absolutely fantastic NFL player when it comes to that time. Um, barring injuries or whatnot, obviously, I mean, there's obviously going to be some concerns, um, with, as with any prospect, they're not, no prospect is perfect, but, um, I, I mean, a couple things I, I wrote down was, uh, 
can he separate like he does at the next level? It is one thing running by, uh, you know, some of these college corners for sure, you know, and, and college safeties. But uh, at the next level, you know, some of these guys are, they just have elite athleticism. And some of the, these big body guys, like, you know, like a Laquan Treadwell, they've had their struggles trying to separate and get that separation. And um, it, it's, uh, it's not the same you know it's it's definitely a different game uh when you're dealing with guys that can run four fours with you and and can keep up with you and and uh know how to track the ball well and yeah i my just thing is can he can he separate that and that is so important going to on to the nfl is for a receiver is can you can you get open and i, I mean i think Personally, I, I mean, I think he will. I, I don't think he'll have a problem. But, uh, you know, we've been wrong before on guys like that. And, uh, you know, it's a it's definitely something you're going to have to wait and see. Uh, but it's just a question. And then another thing for me is how will he respond when teams start game planning for him more and more? Um, And this I wrote this point down before today's game. And um, obviously you see how... He's responded, and uh, for so far, I mean, he just had four touchdowns accounted for today. Every single point was was accounted for by him, pretty much. And um, I think uh, um, I'm pretty sure he's not having a problem with teams game planning for him right now. On the next level, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, if uh, he lands on a team where he's like the number one target, I definitely think he might have to make some adjustments to get in double teams a little bit, and um, once he once teams start getting film on him, um, I think if he goes to a place where there's kind of an established number one already, oh boy, I I think he could put up some numbers like um, kind of like what Juju is doing right now, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster for the uh, Steelers, um, just taking advantage of of having Antonio Brown as the number one target and Juju is just absolutely lighting it up this year. And, uh, and even like a Calvin Ridley for, um, the, the Falcons is taking advantage of having Julio Jones across from him. And he is absolutely tearing it up. Um, I think if a Chenault ends up on a team like, uh, I don't know, let's say, and, and this is just uh, completely hypothetical. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to draft him or anything. But, like, say the New Orleans Saints. Like, if he ends up across from, like, a Mike Thomas or something, oh, man, watch out. Uh, that's that's going to create some problems for, for teams. And they're already having fits trying to guard Kamara and uh, and Thomas already there. And it's, uh, it's going to be – that would be absolutely crazy. But yeah, if he goes to a team where there's not really an established number one target, I think he's gonna definitely have some adjustments to make when teams double team him and uh, try to frustrate him a little bit. But uh, yeah, to finish up on Chenault, the guy just just again huge, you know, size six two two twenty, just can high point the football. Uh, leaping ability is amazing. Um, get up and just grab it. Um, it's gonna be huge for in the red zone, um, locates the football very, very well, um, ha- makes things happen after the catch, um, averaging those 10 yards after the catch. And I mean, that's, that's something else. Um, 
and you know just he makes big plays happen when you need a big play it seems like this guy is always there uh with catching the 30 yard bomb like bomb for a touchdown or you know 40 yard shot for a touchdown whatever um he's or, or just a big third down he's a big play guy he makes big plays happen and uh you just those those guys are hard to come by uh especially in the nfl level and uh i think he is going to be somebody to watch in the next couple years for sure and uh definitely just uh, i'm gonna keep tabs on him for the next couple years it's gonna be interesting to see what happens so um we're done with the offensive side of the ball um and now we're moving on to uh the defensive side of the ball and we're going to be talking about a very interesting prospect um because it's not your typical power five guy like i was saying before um this is not a, even an FBS prospect, <laughs> actually. This is uh, from an FCS school. Um, this is Jimmy Moreland, uh, cornerback from James Madison. Um, I will say, though, James Madison has been an absolute tank of a program uh, on the FCS level uh, the last few years. They, they, I mean, they're just blowing out um, teams. I know last year they beat um, East Carolina um who on the, who is an FPS school uh they gave NC State an absolute run for their money this year um in the opening game and I mean that was a really close game I I believe and um so they're you know they're a very 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 good program so they're definitely on the like premier side of the FCS spectrum for sure so they definitely get some very very good talent that's probably I'm not probably could play at any, probably a lot of FBS schools. And Jimmy Moreland is absolutely one of them. I am stunned that this guy did not get more heavily recruited um, in the FBS um, when he was coming out of high school. Oh my goodness. Uh, the film on this guy is pretty spectacular. The, the limited film that there is available, because obviously it's harder to track down uh, the film on the FCS schools a little bit, but um, it, it's out there uh, between James Madison's uh, uh, Twitter page, um, their football Twitter page, and uh, highlight videos on YouTube. You're able to find some uh, film on this kid, and I 100% recommend watching it because I think what we have here is a guy that is just an absolute ball hawk. Um, he, right now... Uh, is okay he right now jimmy moreland has uh four interceptions on the year um he had eight interceptions last year um he i believe just passed his um former uh uh, uh raven green who used to play for james madison um his all-time interception record at the school and he is now about to he i believe he's a couple pick sixes away from breaking the all-time fcs uh pick six record which is um pretty insane he has had um he had uh, before today he had three games in a row where he had a, a pick six and one of them he returned a hundred yards he has 
172 yards on interception returns in five games. That, my friends, is just mind-boggling. <laughs> um, to have three pick sixes in a row enough is just, like amazing. But have them go for 172 yards? Wow. Um, that's that's unbelievable. Uh, he. He has an absolute nose for the football. I mean, that, and that goes without saying with the stats I, I'm reading off to you. Uh, you could see when he um, when he plays coverage, uh, he just breaks on a route. He just knows. He's obviously a guy that sits in the film room and watches very, very carefully tendencies on guys he's playing because he he just like it's almost like he knows where guys are going and where quarterbacks are going with the football. Um, on certain routes, and he just is able to jump them. That's just that's just being a better, you know, hard work, harder worker than everybody else. That's just going and putting the extra hours in, looking at the film, and um, and putting that extra effort into to study, you know, your opponent and and make plays. Uh. He, uh, it's just the jump, and it's obviously that speed helps when he breaks on those routes. It's like, it's crazy. It's almost like he comes out of nowhere at times. Like, I he uh, on film, it's like he just kind of bur- uh, comes out of nowhere, just jumps the route, and it's he's out, he's off to the races. Um, another another thing too is on when he when he's intercepting balls, um, he has this amazing leaping leaping ability. So. He can get with guy even with bigger receivers. He can compete with them because he's like about 5'10", 5'11", 175, which isn't huge, but it's a solid size for a corner. Um, but he can leap and get up with a six-two type of receiver, and he can six-three guy, and he can compete with him and probably make a, a play on the ball. Uh, he and like I said before. Just the runs after the interceptions have just been unbelievable. He has uh, said he's gone on record saying in, in some interviews that he, he uh, feels his background in doing and punt returning in the past. He hasn't done it much on the college level, I believe, but um, he has obviously has experience doing it in high school and and probably before that. And he credits a lot of his post interception runs. Um, to that background, and I think that's a really, really big time skill set to have. That's just a big play guy um, that can make things happen. You know, there's one thing is you know, where you can ball hawk, but there's another thing where you can actually make things happen after you do that, and that's a that's a special player. Um, but yeah, and going on with the special teams thing, which I found interesting too. I when watching film on him, he's actually had multiple career block kicks in college. And I mean, holy cow, what does this guy not do? <laughs> I mean, he, he could probably, with the punt return uh, background and the ability to block kicks, I think he could be a very, very, um, very good special teams player, at least in the at the next level. But I'm going to get into that a little a little bit later. Um, but uh, also, uh, such a big thing for corners. And my, I think my biggest thing when I look at corners going into the next level, going to the NFL level, can you track the ball? I, I think that is so important 
I think that's probably the most important skill for a corner, um, especially going to the NFL level. I mean, because a lot of guys, they have this elite level athleticism where they can keep up with guys and, you know, they make they can leap and make some big interceptions. But when the game's on the line, when you're going downfield with a, with a guy and it really, the game is on the line, can you see where the ball is in the air? Can you read where the quarterback's going with it? Can you see that ball going in the air? Do you not lose track of it? This guy does not lose track of the ball. He he sees the ball very well in the air. He just has a knack for knowing where it's going. Um, he's uh, very very instinctful uh, when the ball's in the air, and he just he sees it. He doesn't lose he doesn't lose his focus when a ball is coming. He doesn't uh he plays the ball. He doesn't play the receiver. He plays the ball, which is such an important thing, you know, and that avoids, you know, really, you know, stupid penalties and that, you know, pass interference penalties and and whatnot. And I I just I really just like what I see there um when he's when he's playing uh man coverage on guys. That's that's such a big thing. Um and tackling wise uh, he loves the hit, man. Uh, I, he is a hard hitter, uh, and the some of the tackles he has on film are just absolutely nasty. And this guy's not a big guy, remember? He's only, you know, 5'11", 175, but he can lay the lumber on guys. It's like he hits like a safety almost. And uh, I, I'm, I was very impressed, like, for a guy his size just being able to lay the lumber like that. Kind of like what... um. You know, like I'm for my, you know, I'm a Browns fan, and uh, Denzel Ward can absolutely, you know, he's a smaller guy, but he just lays guys out, and um, I kind of see some similarities there um, with how he does the same sort of thing. Loves to hit. I like a corner that likes to hit. I very, I don't really like corners that try to shy away from the contact, and because uh, I think that's definitely part of the job, you know, and I think some corners forget that. Um, and I, and I think if you're not willing to do that at the NFL level, you're you're going to get exposed. I mean, because there's more to, you know, playing the corner position than just man coverage and zone coverage and, and whatnot. And uh, you have to be able to tackle open field guys and wrap them up. And he has good form on his tackles. And I, uh, I think that is a very, very vital advantage he has over, you know, certain guys that don't do that. So very interesting. Um, also what I like too, was that so last year he was playing across from Rashad Robinson, who was the CAA. That's the conference, uh, James Madison is in, uh, the CAA defensive player of the year. He was playing across from last year. So you can make an argument, sir, that last year it's like, okay, so, so the only reason he had eight interceptions was because people were throw, were afraid to throw Rashad Robinson's way, so maybe he was getting more looks his way and able to kind of take advantage more. Okay, so now you go to this year, and the guy's already got four interceptions, three pick sixes. Um, <laughs> That's already half of his total from last year, and it's only five, uh, five games into the season. Um, that's pretty, pretty damn spectacular. And he doesn't have a Rashad Robinson playing across from him this year. They still have some good guys, you know, other guys in the secondary there for sure. But, you know, which definitely helps. 
obviously, and their defense in general, for sure, uh, is is stacked at that level. And they, you know, they, and I, I think that does help Jimmy Moreland's, uh, you know, prospects. But I think the guy is also just an individually amazingly talented player. Um, so there are some obviously some concerns though uh, as well and I, I, I as much as I praise this guy and what I love seeing from him on film um so basically what I some here's some things I noticed um the pass rush ability haven't seen a lot of that on film he I saw a couple of times yet a couple sacks but they they were more I, th- I felt like you know they were you know it was good blitzing and they put him in good position, but I'm not sure if that's like something he would specialize in. I think he's more of a run coverage guy that that could you know cover the run well, and obviously you know man coverage zone cover you know man coverage. I think he's great in, but uh, I'm not sure how great of a pass rusher he is. I feel like he probably could be utilized very well in that situation off like a corner blitz um, with his speed um and tackling ability so but i just don't know how much they do of it there i'd i'd have to look into that more but from what i've seen on film there wasn't a lot of that uh coming from him i don't think that's what he's really known for uh but yeah that's just a that's a you know kind of nitpicking a little bit but you know i just obviously i don't want to you know try to see the whole picture here with the guy um so the, uh, then obviously there's some competition level concerns. Um, James Madison has, has just been year in year out uh, last few years just the like probably one of the top standards in FCS ball, and they oh they almost like are almost like so dominant to the point where it's hard it's almost hard to see like when they play so many. Um, like blowouts um it's it's almost like it's hard to see how how they the how he could like like really affect the game in a close game scenario because they there's really not a lot of those for James Madison because they're just so dominant so yeah that's my one worry um with with uh Jimmy Moreland is like how will he able to be you know on the next level where Every team is good, you know. When regardless of record, on the NFL, any given Sunday, you know, and that's the that's the phrase. And you know, all those guys are pros for a reason. And you know, how does how could he match up with you know some of those guys when he really hasn't had that that challenge almost? Because he hasn't really been challenged that much um, in his career. Uh, so I and I that's a that's nothing on Jimmy Moreland. I I want to make this very clear. That's that's not a like a individual critique of Jimmy Moreland at all. It, it's you know that's it's not his fault. You know he's playing who's on his schedule. Um, you know James Madison plays who's on their schedule and they're dominant and they deserve all the accolades they get for you know doing what they do. But uh, you know I just it's just con, you know concerns me a little bit you know when matching up with the NFL receivers. Um. Another thing I saw, uh, which was I found interesting, uh, was that after his first two years on the team, Jimmy Moreland was dismissed uh, for an I believe it was an undisclosed incident. I didn't look too far into it, but I know that he um, he wasn't 
with the team for like a year. Um, but uh, when there was new coaching staff came in for James Madison, they decided to bring him back because they could obviously see this guy's immense talent and uh, how he can affect the football game. And he is obviously coming back, bounced back, and had you know two has had two season uh, a season and a half now I should say that have just been absolutely dominant on the defensive end of the football. Um, and, and that and I think that's a hell of a testament to. Jimmy Moreland. Uh, yeah, and I just, uh, I don't know. I, I really, I, yeah, I mean, so I'm concerned about, you know, obviously there were some problems there. But also I believe this is like a positive for him as well because he bounced back from adversity really well. He learned from his mistake and he ended up contributing a whole lot to his team. And I think that's a a real testament to Jimmy Moreland uh, as a player and as, as a person. And I like that when I, if I'm an NFL scout and I see that and I go, hey, you know, this guy, he, you know, he had a, a character issue or whatever you want to call that, um, what scouts like to call that. Um, but he, he had that happen. But you know what? I, I feel personally that people make mistakes. It happens. It, we learn from them. I think people. I'm not saying like, you know you can do no wrong or whatever, you know, but it's, uh, you know, people make mistakes and, you know, we have to realize people are human and good people make, you know, bad choices sometimes. And I think, you know, th- in this case, I think that's what happened with, with Jimmy Moreland. And, uh, I think he's recovered very well from it. And I, I think he is a, a beast of a prospect. Um, do I think he's gonna get drafted? Um, I don't know. Um, it's hard to say when when evaluating FCS guys, and it's hard to see how NFL guys look at those guys. I I know the perception now is a lot better on FCS guys than it was in the past because there's a lot more ways to watch these guys now than there was in the past, and I I really do feel like he could be a like a like a day three pick. Um. I think a team could definitely see this film on him and say, hey, I think that this could translate to the next level, and let's take a shot at him in the fifth round or sixth round or whatever. And I I, I mean, I, I hope he goes higher. I think I would draft him even higher than that, personally. I, I, just, I like what I see um, on film. I just don't see a lot of holes in his game. And uh, he's just an instinctful player that obviously watches film, pays attention to guys, and uh, pays attention to tendencies that of offensive players he's facing. Is able to read where the ball is going in the air well. Um, just can gets a jump on on the routes. Uh, it's just he's he's just a real all around um, heck of a player. And uh, I'm really curious to see because um, he is obviously he's a senior this year. So I'm curious to see where he goes or you know doesn't go in the draft. And I, I, I don't know. I, I For now, I'm kind of predicting he's going to be a late-round pick. Maybe day, like day three. I, I don't think he's going to go undrafted. I mean, I I, bet I could be wrong on that. But I, I think somebody's got to be seeing film on him out there. And uh, and got to be have him on, on their radar somewhere. So, yeah, Jimmy Moreland, 
definitely a guy to look out for and look out look for some film on him. Uh, I maybe I may actually post a link to some highlights of Moreland uh, in accordance to this video because you know it's harder to find you know the film on those types of guys. But um, definitely definitely a guy to keep your tabs on and uh, a guy I really wanted to shed some spotlight on that may not have it in comparison to some of the big time defensive prospects that are coming out this year. Um, but I have to say this is probably going to do it for today, today's show. Um, I really, um, have been wanting to do this for a while is an idea I kind of brainstormed up a couple weeks ago and it's always been something I've been very passionate about. Um, I've always liked, uh, seeing what a player can do, analyzing not just obviously not just statistics because that statistics don't tell the whole picture of a story. You have to watch you have to watch guys and see what they do and how they respond and you know on the field to certain things. And I, I'm definitely looking forward to doing this more. Uh, and uh, I'm probably gonna actually uh, tweet out and ask for suggestions on guys that maybe you you guys that are listening would like me to cover. And, and I'm probably in the future may actually have guests on with me, uh, cause I, I do like to have more than one opinion. I always am a believer in having a second pair of eyes on anything. And I, I always try to, you know, get multiple opinions on things. So definitely in the future, I'm definitely going to look into guest appearances. So if any of you guys want to, uh, shoot, uh, about, some of these guys, some of these college prospects with me, please feel free to shoot me a, a DM or whatever on Twitter or, or whatnot. So definitely looking forward to doing more of these um, and making this a really uh, good resource for people and shed some light on some some really, really good players in the, uh, that are coming out for the NFL in the near future. So um, I thank you guys for listening, whoever did, and um, I will... I will hopefully uh, record again soon and you guys listen to me again pretty soon. So thank you. Thank you for listening again. Bye-bye.